People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. Streets are uneven when you're down. When you're strange, faces come out of the rain. When you're strange, no one remembers your name. When you're strange, when you're strange, when you're strange, alright, yeah. I want to introduce the host of Strange Darkness Radio, Bobby Washington and Tony Carr. We are back again for another show. And on tonight's show, we have a special co-host. Uh, back again is Silver Rain. And uh, Silver Rain, I want to thank you again for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, definitely. On tonight's show, we're going to get into Haunted Dolls, and we're going to get into the Debick Box. For those of you who... Um, <laughs> may not be familiar with Debick's box or whatever, we'll definitely explain that because it is an interesting item. Uh, Tony, how's it going? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, you couldn't join me at the Parapod uh, Festival, but it was amazing. No. And I want to thank mm-hmm. the fans again uh, for nominating us uh, for the uh, Parapod Awards. We were the second finalist um, in the UFO uh, category. I always want to say ghost because I was surprised we were yeah, nominated yeah. for UFO. Um, but uh, but it was a fun event. Um, met uh, uh, numerous people. Uh, met Billy Carson for the first time. Jimmy Church, Linda Moulton Howe. Um, just a bunch of people in the industry that have been you know around for decades that have just amazing amount of knowledge or whatever. So that was uh, that was really cool. To uh, to do, so I want to thank, yeah, thank the I wish fans. I was there. Maybe next year we get nominated again. I'll come next year. Oh yeah, no, for sure because um, it is a reoccurring event that's going to be you know going on every year now, and uh, you know it's it's good to know that we were you know one of the first uh, podcast you know to be along with the three others in that group to be uh, yeah. the finalists. So that was pretty cool. So Silver Rain, uh, what have you been up to? I know you have a lot going on. You can. Uh, let people know your socials. I know you have a LinkedIn social that ties to all your accounts. Yes, I have uh, my uh, Linktree social. Um, what have I been up to? Um, just trying to get my business launched and being able to form my own uh, investigative paranormal team. Oh, nice, nice. Actually going out and um, clearing homes and uh, looking for ghosts, huh? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's, I, I, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about it a little bit, you know, because we have a couple of, um, you know, uh, people who've called into the show who want us to come out and, um, you know, check out their um, places and, you know, do like a live podcast. So we're thinking about it. We're still We're still undecided at this point. Very much up in the air right now. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we want to make sure if we ever do anything like that, we're well protected and we don't bring anything home and uh, any negativity, you know, that, you know, goes uh, with us. So, um, 
When I go out to any haunted location, I bring uh, salt water with me. Oh. Spraying on my shoes. It's a good, you know, to keep things from following you home. Okay. Good tips. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good advice. Yeah. So um, anything else? I mean, is there a particular, um, you know, um, you know, saying or prayer uh, that you say um, to, uh, you know, to um, stop ghosts from, you know, coming home with you or something and being attached to you? Or do you sage yourself at all or, you know, anything like that? Uh, so I do use sage. There's a lot of um, hot button issue as far as it being a closed practice, et cetera. And I personally use sage and I get my sage from a reputable um, indigenous source. Oh. And that is key is if you're going to use sage because it does get over harvested, um, just making sure that it comes from a reputable indigenous source and that you're using it for good intention and not calling it smudging if you're not part of the indigenous culture. Wow. That is that that is good information because I didn't even think about that, you know, um, you know, as far as making sure, you know, you're you you have some some sage with you, and then next thing you know, it's like it's not working right. You know, there you know something seems to still be in my house or whatever. Because a lot of people do that; they they smudge their own house, they do their own home clearing because they don't know. They're just watching what they see on YouTube and yeah. uh, and stuff right. like that. Right. So. so, what I do for what I do for a home clearing is. You know, when I do an investigation, I want to check all the boxes to make sure that it is, in fact, paranormal and not a mundane answer. Um, mm. Older homes will make noise. They will settle. They will groan. Um, making sure that it's your not your refrigerant making noise because <laughs> refrigerators make noise. And when it's um, actually paranormal, so what I like to do is I like to start... Uh, in the living room and work myself uh, counterclockwise and by going room to room i like to make a lot of noise this what you are doing is you are driving whatever is in a room out you want it to pay attention to you and then um i usually will be very stern and telling it to get out and um it's it's a lengthy process, but I have done them before. Yeah, you know, I I banish them, and then what I'll do after that is I will take salt water, and I will do um, what it's called a ceiling. Is basically what I do is I will draw um, draw a pentagram in the air, and that basically seals that area and. Uh, water outlets, water, anywhere where water can come into your house, faucets, sinks, toilets, um, mirrors, and doorways are um, portals. So I close all those. I seal all those. And then, um, yeah, I very rarely have any infestation after that. Wow. That's really cool. I mean, my personal thing is TikTok might have some useful information on it, but <laughs> TikTok should not be the end-all be-all of, I'm just going to watch a TikTok video and think I'm going to seal my house. Yeah. 
Definitely. That's true. I think a lot of the reason, though, that people go to TikTok and YouTube because they're afraid to go to their pastor or their priest or to let to tell people about what's going on. So um, hopefully they can, you know, seek out people like yourself, you know, to really uh, give them a hand and, you know, clear a house the uh, the correct way. Um, so, you know, because, again, I'm not sure if it angers the spirit or they're, you know, if, they're, if it's not done correctly, you know, do they have, you know, more activity than not? Um, but if that is a possibility, it's better to seek out someone who can truly help you. And the people that you're seeking out, like Silver Rain, they're going to be understanding. They're not going to be like, what are you talking about? Like, what, you know, you, there's no such thing as ghosts, you know. Um, so, so yeah, so definitely. Um, you're in the Oregon area, correct, Silver Rain? Yes, I am. Yeah, so you guys, you know, if you uh, need a clearing, seek her out. Yes, I am available for that. And it's, you know, I like helping people heal from their hauntings as well. And sometimes it turns out to be a case of the person actually wants to live in harmony with their house spirit. Mm-hmm. And if you buy an old farmhouse and then you start redecorating and the previous owner is still there, they're not going to be happy with you, you know, messing with their home. So I also teach people and help people come to terms and make peace with the house spirit and they can usually live in harmony after that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really cool. People should really, you know, again, really consider that um, when they, you know, go to do these things, especially for older homes, you know, the Victorian style homes or homes that are, you know, been around since, you know, the 1800s and all that good stuff. Uh, because, and then I believe, I, I know I got to get this website down, whatever it's Dyden house. I'm not sure if it's the same, but you can check and see if someone's actually passed away in your home. Um, if you have been, you know, having different, um, type of experiences and you don't think it's a loved one or a relative or something like that. Um, but yeah, definitely. There was a, I'm in a group on Facebook and, a uh, gal was talking about, you know, her child was talking with, you know, chi- child spirits. Ooh. And there was a person on there, of course, that was like, oh, be careful. You know, it could be a demon pretending to be a child. And of yeah. course, I had to chime in. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, I've seen it. I watched, you know, someone getting possessed and it was called the Sally House. And apparently it's you can like look it up on YouTube and there's people that went to the Sally house and there's this little girl named Sally that apparently died in the house. And I was basically watching these teenage boys tormenting and trying to get a rise out of this little girl, Mm. like doing parlor tricks. You know, if you're here, kick a ball, if you're here, do this. Yeah. And pretty much aggravating this little girl that she lashed out. And that's the thing with that. I don't like about some ghost hunting shows is Yes, you know, show yourself, make yourself present. And you have all these people that have come into their space that you're filming and you have a camera crew and you have like 10, 15, 20 people with you. At some point, the ghost is going to get aggravated and they're going to lash out. They're going to scratch you. They're going to push you. They're just going to act out because in reality, they're not there for a parlor trick. They're not there to, if you want to, you know, yes, you know, make a noise if you're here and you get a noise, leave it at that. Use your equipment if you have it to start communicating with the spirit and asking them what they want. Yeah. Instead of just, you know, continuing to poke the bear. Yeah. And that's why I don't know if I really want to go 
to a location to do that because I'm not really interested in what they want. I'm interested in that them, you know, being there and them, you know, is it is it a possibility, probability only because I can't do anything for them. I don't have, you know, I don't, I'm not skilled like yourself and uh, in those practices and I don't even want to, you know, let or make anyone, you know, think that, you know, we are there to try to exercise any ghost, you know, from someone's house or an apartment opposed to right. just document what's occurring. 90% of the time is what I've noticed is just any acknowledgement of your their existence. Mm. Like, I acknowledge your presence. Please move on from this place or let's be, you know, let's live in harmony with each other. Yeah. And just simply just asking them to move on sometimes just works. Yeah. Because they're trying to make all this noise to get somebody's attention. Exactly. And, you know, they could be doing it to make contact, you know, with trying to like, hey, you know, is it a particular relative? You know, can you contact my loved one or whatever else? And, you know, who knows? Right. But I do uh, know that when I'm by myself in my apartment, I have a whole source of activity. Oh, wow. And, you know, the trying to get my attention, draw my attention out of my bedroom by making noise, slamming on surfaces, uh, kicking doors, banging on walls. And I think it was the other day that I literally had enough. Like, okay, I don't know what you want, but you have my attention. Yeah. And then it's just like, we either need to learn how to live together or you need to get out. I'm done. Mm. And it was pretty much quiet after that. Like, stop banging in my house. Yeah. Wow. You're at this point you're scaring my cats and that's a no, that's no. You don't touch the animals. You don't mess with the animals. Yeah. But um yeah, that's that's amazing um that you can even, you know, do that and communicate with them and to, you know, they understand. But I I I have heard that a lot as far as being, you know, forceful in the sense of, hey, you know, this is my space now and you know, we need to be able to coexist if you're if you can't be able to pass that particular spirit on and a lot of people don't you know want to they want they, you know they're like go ahead and you know live your whatever existence that's going on but um you know then I, just I need encourage a break people sometimes. to set boundaries yeah then that's when you encourage boundaries is you don't touch me you don't touch my loved ones in this house you don't mess with my friends you leave my children and my pets alone yeah because Tony's been scratched. Numerous times. Um, yeah, I have. You know, w were there hauntings, Tony, or was just when you guys were messing with the Ouija board? Like, what was the circumstances around that? Well, I wouldn't say it was like right after uh, messing with it. It would be um, it, the time. It would just be the time would be months afterwards. Oh, okay. You know? Like the last time it happened, I haven't messed with the Ouija board in like years. Yeah, you know, but I was. Uh, I was, I had walked into uh, a kitchen at where I worked. They had like two Ouija boards there. And so it was open. And I think from that point, when I seen it and I walked past it, I think like a couple hours later, uh, that's when I got scratched. Hmm, interesting. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, we, we, we definitely got to do a, a Ouija board um, podcast or whatever. And hopefully Silver Ring will grace us. Uh, with her uh, expertise skills, because Tony's a avid or was an avid um, Ouija board. Um, what is it called? Ouija boardist, Ouija board user, or 
I would call it a Ouija board user. I don't really like, haven't heard any um, weird nicknames attached to it. I mean, I have my own um, Ouija board myself that I do sessions and I upload them to my Instagram. Oh, okay. I mean, 90% of the time it's like, I I turn on my phone for my to do EVP sessions and if it picks up anything and it's most of the times it's usually nonsense. Sometimes I'll get a name to come through. Oh, okay. Um, there is this old farmhouse style home right next door to my apartment and I don't like the energy of the ho- of this house at all. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't even like want to walk on the property. It's just it's just bad. Rumor has it is my apartment building is on old um, Native American burial grounds, and I wouldn't put it past the people developers doing that mm-hmm. without acknowledgement of doing you know ground penetrating radar to make sure that you're not on top of graves. Yeah, exactly. What's the feeling that you don't want to go there? Like, what's the feeling you get? Um. So, I usually have kind of sort of prophetic dreams of if I want to do something and then I'm shown the outcome if I mess around with this and um, I it's usually like I end up walking to the woods that are a little bit further away from the house and every time I decide to do that or bring a, a group of people with me to see if there's any activity that I unintentionally bring something home and oh. I always feel like I'm being watched from something in the woods. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. It could very well be a skinwalker. And those aren't things you want to mess with. Yeah. Ooh. That, yeah, that, interesting. That, interesting. that is extremely interesting because, again, like you said, you just know, you don't know. I mean, different parts of certain land and areas <laughs> um, that you know, the government, you know, seized or taken over, people bought, purchased, you know, what is buried there. So, um, so it's very interesting. Well, let's go ahead and get into uh, Haunted Dolls. Let's go. Welcome to Strange Darkness Radio Show on Haunted Dolls, where we explore the eerie tales surrounding some of the most infamous and terrifying dolls in history. In this episode, we'll be discussing the stories of Robert the Doll, Annabelle the Doll, and Ruby the Haunted Doll. First up, let's talk about Robert the Doll. Robert the Doll was a well-known haunted doll that resides in East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. Robert's story dates back to the early 1900s where he was gifted to a young boy named Robert Eugene Otto. According to legend, the doll was originally given to the boy by a servant who practiced voodoo and was angry at the family. The doll was handmade and hand-dressed in a sailor's outfit. Soon after receiving the doll, strange things began to happen around Otto's household. The young boy claimed that the doll was alive and that it was moving on its own. The family claimed to hear the doll talking and laughing in the middle of the night. Even visitors to the house reported seeing the doll's expressions change or seeing it move on its own. 
As Robert grew older, he continued to keep the doll by his side. However, it was said that the doll's influence on Robert became more and more sinister. Robert would often blame the doll for mischievous and sometimes harmful pranks that he played on others. When Robert passed away in 1974, the doll was donated to the museum where he still resides to this day. Next, let's discuss Annabelle, the haunted doll. Annabelle's story gained widespread attention through the 2013 horror film, The Conjuring, and its subsequent spinoff, Annabelle. Annabelle is a Raggedy Ann doll that is said to be possessed by the spirit of a young girl named Annabelle Higgins. According to the story, the doll was given to a young woman named Donna by her mother in the late 1960s. Donna and her roommate Angie soon began to notice strange things happening around the apartment. The doll would move on its own and leave notes written on parchment paper that neither of the women had in their possession. The woman eventually contacted a medium who informed them that the doll was possessed by the spirit of a young girl named Annabelle Higgins. The woman contacted a priest who took the doll and performed an exorcism on it. However, the exorcism did not seem to work and the doll was eventually donated to the Warren's Occult Museum where it remains to this day. Finally, let's talk about Ruby, the haunted doll. Ruby is a porcelain doll that is said to be possessed by the spirit of a young girl who died in a house fire in the early 1900s. The doll was originally discovered in an antique store by a woman named Deborah, who purchased the doll as a gift for her daughter. Soon after bringing the doll home, Deborah began to notice strange things happening around the house. The doll's eyes would follow her as she moved around the room, and she would often hear sounds of a child laughing coming from the doll. Deborah eventually contacted a psychic who confirmed that the doll was possessed by a spirit of a young girl who died in a house fire. The medium recommended Deborah to remove the doll from the house and she donated it to a local museum. Haunted dolls have been a popular topic of discussion and fascination for many years. The stories of Robert the doll Annabelle the Haunted Doll and Ruby are just a few examples of many eerie tales that surround these mysterious and often terrifying objects. Whether you believe in the supernatural or not, there's no denying that the stories of these haunted dolls are both intriguing and unsettling. You're listening to Strange Darkness Radio, coming to you worldwide, broadcasting to all corners of the planet.
All right. That is a bunch of different dolls that uh, the stories yeah. are amazing with that. But uh, do you, uh, what's up, Tony? Go ahead. It's interesting, man. You know, um, my, my thought is always like, how did these dolls get possessed in the first place? Or how did they get haunted in the first place? Um, you know, we always hear the story of the origins of their stories, but it's been, you know, a long time ago, like, even true that these uh, origins or the beginning was the actual beginning and not just yeah some a different story you know exactly no that's that's definitely true uh, silver rain um, what do you think about the whole concept of um, spirits being um, kept or um, you know locked into um, you know dolls in different type of objects. Oh, I uh, I totally believe in haunted dolls, and it mostly happens when either an adult has has died and it doesn't immediately dissipate afterwards, or a child that dies and they inhabit at all. Um, I follow an account on Instagram, and she has a haunted doll, and they learn to um, cohabitate with one another. Oh, okay, so she's she so she um knows. I mean, she looked for because I know there are some people who actually find and um, you know, um, collect haunted dolls, um, you know, on eBay, and you know, some people sell different things, whatever that people who you know who are looking for, uh, you know, things in that realm. Um, so is she one of those type of people, or she is, she just had a doll that happened to be haunted. She I. I believe she happened to ha- happen upon a doll that is haunted, but she also um, frequently sees the spirit of the doll and communicates with her. Oh, wow. That's... So, and nothing but positive stuff has happened. So it's not oh, okay. anything so it's to be not... concerned about. Now, is, is that a thing to where um, some spirits are, you know, just like regular people, you know, to where they're not, you know, um, demonic or in, in the sense of, again, I know how you feel about that word and demons in general, but p- evil, I just, I'm, I'm going to use evil. Yeah, um, there's, there's evil people that they were not nice in life. And when they die, they're just as even more spiteful mm-hmm. that have taken over dolls. As far as, um, as far as the Annabelle doll, yeah. um, I have a problem with, you know, mediums and psychics, especially, um, I like more than one person, more than one medium or psychic to confirm whether or not a doll is haunted. Yeah. Um, I mean, are they saying yes for notoriety? Do I believe the possibility? Um, is Annabelle haunted? Probably. I don't see a child acting maliciously towards anyone. Yeah. That's why initially they were saying that, you know, supposedly the priest who tried to do the exorcist on, on the Annabelle doll, that he basically, you know, was like, no, this is actually evil spirit. And it's not, you know, a child. It's, it's an actual evil spirit. And, um, it just used that as a ruse to, you know, get them to, you know, not really try to exercise trust the them. doll. Yeah, to, to trust, trust and I find um 
I find the another thing issue that I have is um, there are some spirits that don't obey or recognize Christ at all. Yeah. And, you know, there's probably a lot of, um, a lot of tribes that don't recognize, uh, you know, the Christian God, they oh, recognize, sure. you know, nature. And so to make the assumption that everybody is going to obey Christ is kind of foolish and somewhat insulting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- yeah. Let's, let's, let's uh, think about that for a second because, um, you know, we don't even comprehend that as far as like, you know, indigenous people or Native Americans or, you know, whether even African slaves that came over or whatever that were killed and that weren't, you know, brought to Christ or brought to, you know, the uh, you know, certain Christian religions didn't have a clue. Yeah, they wouldn't even know who people are talking about when they're sitting there saying in the name of God, they were like, what are you, what's going on, you know? They wouldn't have a clue, and people don't really, you don't really think about that. So, and the funny thing, my friend and I were actually talking about exorcisms, and I just find it really peculiar that it's only, you know, exorcisms are extremely hush-hush in the Catholic Church anyways. Yeah. And it's only the vic- it's only like the person that's allegedly possessed and the priest that does exorcism in the room. No other witnesses. Come on now. Yeah. I mean, the person who clearly needs medical attention and you're doing an exorcism where you believe um, they are, you're going to tell a fantastic story. Mm-hmm. To, and I honestly believe, um, sure, it's called, it's called walking in. And some people, like spirits, can walk into your body if your defenses are low. Yeah. Um, all of, you know, the demons that I know and work with and are familiar with, they're not going to do that. So, I mean, there's other evil humans that are going to, and sure, you just have an evil spirit that just was walked into an susceptible body, of course they're going to make it do magic tricks and do all sorts of crazy stuff. <laughs> she said magic tricks. Um, yeah, no, seriously, yeah. Um, making stuff, you know, move. I know the Annabelle doll, you know, they say, you know, would come in, they would come into a room and be sitting in one position that would be moved to another position. I'm not sure if I believe the whole thing about uh, the parchment paper to where uh, it would, you know, write like little notes or whatever and leave, you know, the parchment paper sitting around. I'm like, okay, so did it materialize parchment paper? <laughs> like you don't normally have that in your home. And then all of a so sudden. So uh, I would call that looking at the time frame of when Annabelle allegedly happened and that young ladies were very susceptible to men in their lives making suggestions and to tell a fantastic story that would last for all of lifetime, considering mm-hmm. we're talking about it in 2023, we're going to play, we're going to have someone coming into the house and either playing a practical joke or the young ladies were in on this parchment paper, you know, let's make a fantastical story. Yeah. Yeah. Then the, the, the uh, other friend named Lou, 
you know, who set the doll. Annabelle was at his feet and then uh, started like choking him and, you know, just different things. It's like, yeah, I, I can, I can see where that's going. But also, I mean, um, I looked at the doll. It's a, it's, it's an old it's a fashioned raggedy, raggedy Ann yeah. doll. Yeah. I so, had one of those as a child. Yeah. Just for you guys so, out there. Um, I just want to let the public know that the doll on the um, conjuring is not the same doll. Um, you know, that's actually that they're talking about. It's a Raggedy Ann doll, Raggedy Ann and Andy. Um, and uh, the other doll is more like Robert the doll, actually. It's more like a wooden, por- or look, kind of looks porcelain, but I believe it's wooden with hair. You know, it's it's bigger size doll and everything else, uh, you know, for the creep factor. But it's a totally small little Raggedy Ann um, doll is what Annabelle... Or no, she's about life-size. She's very oh, she? large. They made them... Yeah, they made them in small. And they made ones that were probably about... If you stood them up and held them, like their feet touching the ground and you held them up, they're about three feet tall. Oh, okay. Okay. And, but I, I can't imagine this doll because I saw a clip of their museum and she's supposed to be behind glass. And there's a sign that says absolutely positively do not open kind of um, thing. And I'm sensitive to uh, being able to pick up on energies, even um, being able to read rooms because I read photos for people and can pick up those energies. Mm-hmm. It's a really fantastic gift shop with a whole bunch of neat items and to gain your popular popularity and notoriety is we're going to see all these objects are haunted. Yeah. I mean, unless, you know, I follow uh, two fa- people on social media, This that's their uh, lifestyle is a traveling haunted uh, paranormal museum. Mm-hmm. And they are in contact with haunted objects all the time. So... I would trust their judgment over these haunted artifacts. Um, and the haunted artifacts, aside from Annabelle, are just sitting freely on shelves. Exactly. That's I true. Mean, if they are really, truly haunted, as you say they are, don't have it freely on a shelf where you can bump into it. Yeah. I know Robert the Doll, um, there's a lot of different experiences with that where people will, you know, taunt it, do things to it say they don't believe in front of it and all kind of other things. And then, you know, they would have some crazy thing happen in their life. Then they would either send notes or come back and leave notes on the glass saying sorry, you know, for taunting, you know, Robert the doll because they believe that, you know, that that the yeah. doll cursed them. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, yeah. No, I, re- I read that as well. Uh, <clears throat> that people have got bad luck, you know, like bad juju when talking crap to uh to uh what's his name again uh, Robert the doll yeah yep, it seemed yep. like this it seemed like it's the same way with um with uh annabelle they had this doll at the museum i forgot what the name is uh at uh zach Bagus museum there's the same way with that one too you you have to say hi when you go in you have to say bye when you leave you know and if you talk crap then it's like opposing you get bad uh you know bad juju bad karma uh, if you disrespect the doll in front of it. Hmm. I wonder um, in scenarios like that, you know, cause your mind, mind is a powerful, uh, powerful thing. And uh, you know, that whole thing will, you know, will play, 
you know, uh, on your mind to where, oh, it's because I did this or I, this happened and now I have bad luck and, you know, and so it's a little downward spiral and, you know, kind of like that placebo thing. What do you think about that, Silver Rain? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, people are your own worst enemy sometimes. I run into a lot of people. I just dealt with a client and did a tarot card reading for her because she was asking whether or not her and her mother were cursed. And I'm just like, that's a very powerful psychological tool. Yeah. I mean, if you believe that all these awful, horrible things are happening to your life, and if you believe in curses, people automatically want to jump to that. Yeah. Instead of, let's take a step back and reevaluate what exactly is happening in your, in your life. Mm-hmm. If you're having all these medical symptoms happening to you, I suggest that you go to a doctor. Yeah. That's true. Um, and you also have the power to change your own energy. If you are a person, you wake up and you set the intent for the day. So if you decide because it's raining outside or you didn't wake up in time to your alarm or you stepped in a puddle with a sock on, that <laughs> you have decided that not only are you, you're going to have a miserable day. It's going to be a terrible day today. Exactly. That's the worst. And your subconscious records everything that you say out loud. So guess what? You set the tone for you having a crappy day. Yeah. You hit every single red light. You lose your keys. Um, so yeah, if you want to change your out your day, regardless of everything that happens, try having a little bit of positivity. Exactly. Well, you gave me flashbacks and, uh, you know, elementary school traumas because um, I tried all the positivity in in the world, but my wet socks that I had to keep in my shoes when I stepped in a puddle all day, that was the worst. (laughs) Yeah, that will sour your mood no matter how much you try to be positive. Exactly, exactly. And I'm not saying you have to have like a positive, cheery, sunshine attitude all day long. You can't do that. But just trying to like... And I've been like, sometimes you can't see the bigger picture and just have to like, just deal with it. Yep. But she wasn't cursed. There isn't any, you know, sure there's jealous people in your life, but as far as, you know, all these things that are happening in your life, I suggest you go to a doctor. If you're having rashes, if you're being sick, go to a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose you. Yeah. Yep. No, that's very true. And what I can do is I can teach people mindfulness med- mindfulness techniques. It's the thing that I do. Yeah. Yeah, that would, you know, help out significantly. And, um, and again, they'll, you know, find out whether or not, you know, again, it, it's all too, you know, about going, like you said, going to the doctor, just getting checked out, making sure you're physically okay, but then also mentally getting checked out mentally, self-help, self-check. But what I find interesting of the off chance that these dolls and I, the people that I know that do this sort of thing, I believe they went and uh, saw Robert the doll and even did sessions with Robert the doll. There wasn't anything malicious in that doll. Mm -hmm. He's just a child that's bored that is going to play with people. And if you're going to, you know, poke the bear, um, you're going to get a reaction. That's not so nice. Yeah. 
And people tend to forget he may be as old as he is. He's still a child spirit. That's true. Why are you poking? Why are you poking at a child spirit? People do the craziest things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't like children. They don't like children that much. They're going to poke at them. Exactly. And then also Um, pay the price. Come back, leave a note, say sorry. You know. So even if people like this, just say for the off chance there really is a child spirit in that doll and you are not nice to it. And then your mind decided to go with all this stuff happening in your life is because you picked on a child spirit. Yeah. Yep. That should be bad karma within itself, <laughs> you know, regardless of, right? you know, Robert sitting there working his little uh, magic and all that good stuff. But um, also tonight we have uh, two people who um, emailed in. And so we're going to go ahead and uh, tell their email stories and, uh, okay. you know, we'll see. See what they're talking about. Hi, Strange Darkness Radio. The story I'm about to tell you is about a doll named Lily, a porcelain doll that was believed to be cursed. The doll was owned by a woman named Sarah, who had inherited it from her grandmother. Sarah had always been fascinated by the doll, with its delicate features, golden ringlets, and big blue eyes. But soon after Sarah brought the doll home, strange things began to happen. She would wake up in the middle of the night to find the doll sitting at the foot of her bed, staring at her with an eerie intensity. Sometimes, she would hear faint whispers coming from the doll's room, as if someone were speaking in hushed tones. As time went on, the haunting became more intense. Sarah's friends and family members would come to her house and refuse to even enter the room where the doll was kept, feeling an overwhelming sense of fear and dread. Some people claimed that they could feel a cold breeze coming from the doll's direction, even though there was no open window or door. Sarah eventually contacted a paranormal investigator, who conducted an investigation of the doll in the house. The investigator claimed to have made contact with the spirit of a young girl, who had been the original owner of the doll. According to the investigator, the girl had died under mysterious circumstances, and her spirit had attached itself to the doll. The investigator recommended that Sarah get rid of the doll, but she was hesitant to do so. She had become attached to the doll, despite its terrifying presence in her home. However, she eventually decided that it was too dangerous to keep the doll and donated it to a museum of haunted objects. The doll is still on display at the museum today, and many people claim to have had strange experiences when standing near it. Some people have reported feeling a chill in the air or feeling like they are being watched, while others claim to have seen the doll's eyes move or its expression change. So, that's the story of Lily, a haunted doll that has left many people convinced that there are dark and mysterious forces at work in our world. Whether you believe in the paranormal or not, it's hard to deny that there are some things that defy explanation and that the world is a much stranger and more fascinating place than we often give it credit for. That was intriguing. That sounds, um, a lot of these stories pretty much sound the same. It's like, I guess when people get these dolls and, you know, they don't want them in their home, I, I guess the first thing is to put it in a museum and, um, you know, have people, uh, you know, I guess say that it's haunted and, you know, things like that. And, uh, you know, you know, and also the people who, you know, psychics who do the readings on these dolls, it's interesting. I would like multiple people to do readings on it and see, they come up with the same names. Like how do they, you know, Lily, Annabelle, Robert, you know, all these different names that they have that they're like, we sure this is the name. We're sure this is, you know, this is this, you know, that's interesting to me. 
um, how they come up with these uh, names for these well, dolls. for yeah. for me, it's I I hear the I hear their name. So yeah, and it's and it's heartbreaking, especially you know if I was the investigator. I mean, it's it saddens me to hear like any paranormal investigator probably because you know of course i mean they know a little bit but get rid of the doll that is the yeah. thing that you don't want to do is getting rid of this doll i um if anybody you know here's the one piece one the attention the one thing i say stop getting rid of these dolls mm-hmm. it is a if you know people are worried that you know you go on tiktok or instagram and the place of where bad decisions are born um, and bad advice is can be found yeah. in all corners of the, of the internet. Um, it's not a child's spirit. It's a demon. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's a child. Yeah. And they're lonely and they're stuck in it all. Um, asking them if they want to move on and be moved on to the next place. That would be helpful. Or if they're happy in their doll, getting them child things getting them a doll bed, getting them toys, getting them a house, treating it like it's a childlike doll. And if you stick it in a closet or you stick it in a room, they're all by themselves. And children who are left by themselves for long enough, they're going to start acting out. Yeah. And if this little girl died from mysterious circumstances, she's, of course, she's upset. She doesn't understand why she's dead and she doesn't understand why she's in this thing and she can't do anything. So she's going to have fun with it. Yeah. She's going to be mischievous and be naughty and move around and, you know, mean mug people because (laughs) you're not talking to her. Exactly. Yeah. No, it is interesting. I'm just curious on like, I don't know of any other than the main ones. I don't know of any haunted museum. Like I wouldn't readily be able to, you know, called downtown Sacramento. There's several. And, there's there's one in Las Vegas that belongs to a person that yeah, I'm Zach's, not going to say his name on the radio. Oh, um, you don't like saying? I don't. I have. We're doing. I don't have nice feelings about him. Oh no, that's good. Um, no, Silver Rain. You can tell those feelings because we're actually because um, Zach has the D big box we're actually going to be talking about. So so yeah, no, it's yeah, no. Let us know. Which he is on. a very misguided person that. Um. I don't think he's very professional. Yeah. I really, really don't. He wants to have a... I I wasn't very familiar with those boxes. So, of course, you know, I had to do... I've heard of them, but mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, super familiar with them. And I Googled one. I'm like... So, taking a line from, you know, uh, Monsters, Inc., put that thing back where you found it or so help me. Yeah. Um, Don't touch things. Stop it. Stop touching things. Yeah. Stop opening things. But, stop touching things. But here's the thing about that particular thing. We, 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 we're we going to get into that. I don't want to bleed it over only because I have a whole different take on the D-Big, his D-Big box anyways. Um, so we're definitely going get to on, get on that. But we do have one more story um, because, again, okay. I like to, you know, go ahead and, you know, regardless of what I, I never, you know, um, Anybody sends an email, I, I like to go ahead and put it out and, you know, get hear people's stories or opinions or wherever they're finding or getting these stories from. Who knows if they're their personal stories or anything else. So I like to, you know, let people, you know, tell their story um, how they see fit. So we're going to have one more story. Then we'll definitely get into uh, the DB box or whatever and Zach Baggins because that's very interesting. Um, so here we go. One more story. Here we go. 
the haunting tale of a voodoo doll that is said to be cursed with a malevolent spirit. The story takes place in the heart of Louisiana, in a small town called Bayou Rouge. The town is known for its rich voodoo culture, and it is said that the spirits of the dead still roam the streets. Legend has it that in the early 1900s, a woman named Lucinda created a voodoo doll as a means of seeking revenge against her enemies. The doll was said to be imbued with dark magic, and its purpose was to bring misfortune and suffering to those who crossed Lucinda's path. Over time, the doll became a source of fear and terror among the people of Bayou Rouge. Its reputation grew as more and more people fell victim to its curse. It seemed that anyone who possessed the doll was doomed to a life of tragedy and despair. One such victim was a young girl named Caroline. Caroline's family had been given the doll as a gift, and they had displayed it proudly in their home. However, as time passed, strange things began to happen. At night, Caroline would hear strange whispers and creaks coming from the doll. Objects in her room would move on their own, and she would wake up to find the doll sitting on her bed, as if it had moved on its own. Caroline soon became convinced that the doll was cursed, and she begged her family to get rid of it. However, they refused, believing that it was just her imagination. One night, Caroline was awakened by the sound of the doll moving across the floor. She sat up in bed, terrified, and watched as the doll made its way to her bedside. Suddenly, the doll lunged at her, and she felt the sharp pain in her chest. When Caroline's family found her the next morning, she was lying on the floor, lifeless. The voodoo doll was sitting next to her, as if nothing had happened. From that day on, the haunted voodoo doll disappeared from Bayou Rouge. Some say that it was destroyed, while others believe that it was buried deep in the swamp, where its curse could do no more harm. But to this day, the legend of the cursed voodoo doll lives on in Bayou Rouge. So if you ever find yourself in this mysterious town, be sure to stay away from anything that looks like a voodoo doll. You never know what kind of dark magic might be lurking within. If you've had a strange experience and would like to be on Strange Darkness Radio, leave a detailed message at 916-741-3032. Oh, wow. Have you ever um, heard anything about voodoo dolls or, you know, that whole... Oh, yes, I have. And from what I understand is voodoo dolls were used for um, healing people. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um... Can they be used for curses? Yes. I I don't mess with anything, um, one, because it's not part of my culture. Yeah. So it's a closed practice. Um, so I just, I leave that sort of thing be. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that it was haunted? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, you that... don't mess with, you know, you don't mess with voodoo. That's all I know. You don't mess that... with it. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. My, my mom's from Louisiana. That's uh, yeah. That's a whole. <laughs> what is what is the reason why you don't mess with voodoo? Um. Well, aside from it being a closed practice, um, and a closed practice just means that people that are not of that culture don't practice it unless you know you are wanting to learn and you're invited in or it's you know again part of your own personal heritage and um it's just something i know there's a little bit of uh it's 
it's very real. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what you're doing, it could end very badly. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I've heard. I knew in a small circle of friends that um, this uh, woman had a voodoo curse put on her and very, very bad things happened to her. Yeah. I know she messed with the voodoo priestess's like boyfriend or something and uh, her hair fell out and she gained weight and it was just just bad all around. You don't want to um, get involved in those circles for sure. But yeah, the whole voodoo thing, whatever to me, that's yeah, that mystical realm. I stick to things that I know and I just, I like to stay in my own lane magically wise. Exactly. All right. Well, um, so now... Let's get into the Debic box, which is uh, very interesting. In my research, again, I'm going to tell the story, um, but it, it's very curious on this particular Debic box because, again, I know there's supposedly more out there and everything else. So, um, but let's go ahead and uh, get into it. The Dybbuk Box The Dybbuk Box is a cabinet claimed to be haunted by a Dybbuk. A concept from Jewish mythology, the box gained notoriety when it was auctioned off on eBay by owner Kevin Manis, who created a story featuring a Jewish Holocaust survivor and a paranormal claims as part of his eBay description. Manis' story was the inspiration for the 2012 horror film The Possession. In 2021, Manis told Input Magazine that the Dybbuk box story was entirely fictional in 2003. Writer and furniture refinishing business owner Kevin Manis purchased the cabinet from the yard sale of a local attorney in Portland, Oregon and began developing a backstory. According to Manis, the carving in the back of it is my carving. The stone that was in the box is something that is a signature creation of mine also. Make no mistake, I conceived the Dybbuk box, the name, the term, the idea, and wrote this creative story around it to post it on eBay. Manis's auction description included a story claiming that the cabinet was previously owned by a survivor of the Holocaust in Portland who said it contained the malicious spirit of a Dybbuk and that the box had paranormal powers and was responsible for his bad luck and nightmares. Subsequent owners retold Manis' story when reselling the item and amplified it with their own claims of strange phenomena. One owner, Jason Haxton, director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in Kirksville, Missouri, launched a website that consolidated claims about the cabinet called the debuckbox.com that reportedly received hundreds of thousands of hits and created what has been described as internet legend. In 2004, Haxton sold the rights to the story to a Hollywood production company. The subsequent film, The Possession, produced by Sam Raimi, was released in 2012 Haxton later gave the cabinet to Ghost Adventure star Zach Baggins to display in his museum. On a side note, in 2018, fans of rapper Post Malone claimed his spat of bad luck 
was caused by his contact with the Diebig box while at Zach Baggins Haunted Museum. The Encyclopedia Mythica describes a Diebig as a disembodied spirit possessing a living body that belongs to another soul and usually talks from that person's mouth. An important 1914 Yiddish play, The Dibik, was about the spirit of a dead man who possessed the living body of the woman he had loved. He had to be exorcised. Nowhere in the folklore literature is there a precedent for a Dibik inhabiting a box or other inanimate object. So, even though this story was created to intentionally deceive people, if you get enough people to believe in something, can you manifest it? Can you bring evil to reality? Can you bring to life the maker's intentions? Can you bring that object to life? That is the question. You can listen to Strange Darkness Radio on iTunes or Spotify or any of your podcast hosting sites. So yes, that is the question. So as this particular Debic box and the whole concept of it was basically fraudulent. And um, but my thing is, it's like um, you know, getting people to believe in something. Um, I believe that people and enough people can manifest, you know, what the thought and what the intent is on whether it's a particular object, whether it's a, you know, the Slender Man, whether, you know, it's, a, you know, an entity or, you know, stuff like that. It, it You know, the power of, you know, um, uh, people's uh, perception or minds I think are capable and able to bring this stuff to reality. What do you think, Silverine? Uh, absolutely. If you manifest and you feed something for such a long time, your mind is going to just make it so. I actually read about, you know, Post Malone's alleged um, whatever bad thing that happened to him messing with it. Oh, yes. And, and as you say that real quick, not to cut you off, but since you mentioned Post Malone, I do have a snippet uh, to play for the audience. So in Post Malone's own words. So let's go ahead and check that out. Then we'll get back to it. I'm friends with Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventures, right? Oh. And it's like... Did he ever take you to a haunted house? We d we did a whole episode. You should check did it out. Did you get scared? It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> It's terrifying, man. Uh, and in his museum, so apparently there's a thing called the Dybbuk Box, which is a, one of the most haunted items in the world, apparently. And he wanted to, so we took the glass case off of the Dybbuk Box, which is in his museum in Vegas. And... He thought it was a sick-ass idea to put the ashes of a lady who died while she was possessed on top. Whoa. And then I was... My plane almost crashed. I was in a car accident. My house got robbed, and I had bite marks on my arm. And he hit the wall like... like 
I've never seen someone in fear so hard as whenever he touched it. And it's, it's, I don't know if it's someone who's dead or if it's a demon or if it's fucking something dimensional, mm. but it's something there that goes bump in the night, I suppose. Stone tape theory, what is that? Here it is. Haunted rocks, the stone tape theory. The stone tape theory is frequently used as a sciencey sounding quasi explanation to explain <laughs> amateur, to explain hauntings. Okay, okay, amateur well, that's paranormal fine. investigators that's use what, the I'm idea two for two? to account Am I two for, for the two? appearances of images, sound, and apparitions that do not interact directly with people. Instead, they play out like a movie or recording. Right. This is the most commonly termed residual haunting. See, this is what I was saying. Like Two for two, by if, the way, if ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations. <laughs> Nailed it. You can listen to Strange Darkness Radio on iTunes or Spotify or any of your podcast hosting sites. So, yeah, that was Post Malone on the Joe Rogan show talking about his um, encounters um, with the debut box at Zach um, Baggins um, Museum in um in Las Vegas, but again, I'm pre- and I'm pretty sure um, Post Malone didn't know the true backstory of the Debuk box, um, but the concept of his belief and faith and what he was told and all the energy that's been put on this particular item, you know, I don't know, it's able probably to manifest, you know, things or actually, you know, trap a soul into that box and let alone. Him putting uh, someone's ashes on top of that. That's crazy. Um, so just doing the act alone, whether or not that box was just, you know, a neat trinket to tell a fantastic story. Yeah. Um, was irresponsible for one. Yep. I've just, let's, let's taunt it. Let's mess with it just in case. Um, I don't know Post Malone personally to, you know, say, without a shadow of a doubt, his experience was, you know, because of everything exactly. result of messing with that. Yeah. I'm all about, because of my, my uh, master's in psychology, causation does not equal correlation. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Joe Rogan, I have my own opinions of that man. So <laughs> they're not good. Um, yeah. I mean, anything for publicity, and Post Malone is a rapper. Anything for publicity. Um, did his plane almost crash because he touched ashes? I don't know. Um, to me, even the ashes of the deceased doing things like that for a parlor trick, I believe is disrespectful. Yeah, exactly. Um, Definitely. I know like when people talk about the dead, this is disres- disrespectful or whatever. Mm-hmm. For starters, the Ted don't doesn't they do not care once they're dead yeah. of what you do to their ashes or to their body. But just a thought: um, having recently lost my cat last month, um, I don't want to mess with his ashes. Yeah, it's like that's part of my animal, um, and it holds sentiment to me. And to the thought of just using him as some weird parlor trick. It's just, I can't do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, for for Zach to get a rise out of people and, you know, if it's not haunted, okay. But if the off chance that um, anything can be a vessel and I've made vessels 
for restless, you know, entities to have somewhere to just to be. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just the thing's a whole whole thing is a mess. And if you're really going to have a paranormal museum, um, there's a couple that I follow. Um, it's a Greg and Dana Newkirk. I they're fantastic people. They do a traveling paranormal show. Mm-hmm. And when they deal with haunted objects, they do with the utmost respect. I mean, when they're in contact with objects that could be haunted, um, let's not tempt fate from <laughs> poking the bear. Stop poking the bear. Yeah, you know, but that's what humans do. <laughs> For whatever yeah. reason, it's, it's just, it's crazy until, you know, that's that's the plot line for most horror movies. It's like, uh, right? let's see. Tony, what are your thoughts? Ah, oh, man. Um, this thing is crazy. I wouldn't be messing with it either way. That's just my, that's my personal opinion. <clears throat> you know, uh, when people do mess with, you know, ashes and stuff, that is kind of disrespectful because, you know, oh, the person sure. was living at one point. You know, I wouldn't want to mess with, you know, you know, your loved one's ashes just to get like a reaction out of something or exactly. uh, a paranormal type of... Uh, uh, activity, you know, by putting somebody ashes on there. Like I died. I didn't ask you to put my ashes. Yeah. On the on the debit box, bro. Yeah. You know. So, you know. Yeah. I just think it's crazy. I think you know when you mess with stuff like that, you know you, you know, like you said, you're gonna, you're gonna get something back that you not you didn't want in the first place. And the other part of it is is once you know if she was possessed before she had died, mm-hmm. her being ashes that's null and void. It's just ashes. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. Your know, ashes though. were burnt in a fire. Well, well, hang on though, because um, the her ashes she could have been hovering around whatever box her ashes was in, and she's the one that was really haunting Post Malone for them sitting there giggling True. or whatever, <laughs> you know of uh putting her ashes on, on that uh, D- uh yeah, box. I would be so. mad if you use my ashes for something. Don't use my ashes. Man. Let me rest. Yeah. But see, that's when it goes into people donating all kind of different things to these museums. And right. um, who's to say how they're going to store them and keep them? Because um, just like, you know, just like Silver Rain was saying, if you think a doll's possessed and you don't want to, um, you know, throw it in the garbage or, you know, dismantle it or bury it or do something, you know, like that because you're scared of it, you want to send it to a museum. Who knows how that's going to stay in storage or how long it sits there because it doesn't have a popular name to it and how they're going to treat it. So so it's it's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, spirits have a tendency to be naughty and do things for their own amusement once they're dead. Yeah. Yep. I mean, what else do you have to do? You're dead. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to figure you're it out. You're going to make or... the most of it. Exactly. No, that's, that's, that's very true. That is so, so true. Yeah. yeah. But when it comes to um, a star or a rapper or a movie star, come, you're, doing, you're doing stuff for publicity at that yeah. point. It's... Just another way to get your name out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and again, you know, it, it, just because you had a set of unfortunate um, incidents or mishaps, you know, who's to say what it was tied to? Um, unless, again, <laughs> unless they were doing something really wild, you know, in that museum, just him and Zach, you know, in there. And, uh, 
you know, and again, you know, I'm not, <clears throat> I used to be, uh, you know, watch uh, Ghost Adventures or whatever it was called uh, back in the day. But um, to me, it just seems like there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, things that are going on on that show that are, I won't say faked, but I'll just say because you don't need to fake anything by you just being surprised or screaming or acting afraid or, you know, um, have a camera pointed down a dark hallway. There's not much to it or whatever. I won't say they actually had people in the hallway moving around or moving items. But um, but um, but yeah, just, you know, listening to uh, I forgot. I think his name was Aaron, who used to be on the show and what was going on with uh, Zach and all that personal stuff, whatever. I think there was a lot more to Zach's story than, It was you know. Nick. It was Nick. Was it Nick? Nick, Nick was on the show, yeah. Okay. Aaron's still on the show. Okay, got it. Nick Ross or something like that. I forgot his name. But yeah, yeah, And yeah. And just thinking about what he did with that box, just let's pretend for the off chance that it was a legitimately haunted object. Why are you messing with it and doing things? Let's well, let's mess with it. Let's take it out of because when objects are put behind glass, that kind of creates a barrier. It's trapped. It can't do anything. And then you just open it. It's like Pandora. Has anybody like not learned from Pandora's box? I mean, it's it's crazy that you're going to take the chance and mess around with something. For your own amusement. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Definitely. Because I guarantee he wouldn't do that for a normal person. So let's do it to some famous person and let's get a rise out of, we're going to put, you know, ashes of a possessed woman on a haunted box. Exactly. Yep. No, that's, that's a recipe true. for disaster. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, Silver Rain, I want to thank you again for joining us um, tonight on Strange Darkness Radio. It was amazing yeah, you. having you on and the knowledge is just incredible and all the things that you do, you know, um, if you guys uh, let them know what you do, uh, Silverane, as far as all your, um, you know, gifts and um, classes and different things, whatever that you have going on so people can uh, hit you up. Uh, yes, right now I offer a trauma healing and recovery group on facebook it's called silver lotus academy i offer a one-time membership fee for lifetime access and my modalities are spicy psychology which is um crystal healing reiki mixed with cognitive behavioral therapy and dialectical behavioral therapy um i also have my gift shop uh it's Iggy's Oddities. It's named after my cat who passed away last month. Um, I also have my um, divinations by Silverane, which I offer tarot, uh, run readings, wax, and uh, pendulum reads. Mm. Nice, nice. Interesting. Yeah, thank you for being on the show. It was interesting having you on, you know, especially somebody thank you for having me again. does the practices you do. Um, you know, anytime you want to come back, uh, we'll, we'll have you on. Yeah, definitely. That would be awesome. Yes, for sure. Alrighty. Um, so this is Strange Darkness Radio, um, with, uh, Silver Rain and Tony Carr and, uh, we're out.
I am Buzz Aldrin, and I was the lunar module pilot on Apollo 11. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space, and none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. The truth is that we've never proved one, but there are things flying around up there that we haven't fully identified yet. And keep in mind, there are a, a basically a billion galaxies in an ever-expanding universe. I mean, you can't even get your mind around the sheer number of things that are out there. People still take seriously trying to investigate and figure out what that is. There are, uh, there's footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are. We can't explain uh, how they moved, their trajectory. Uh, they, they did not have, um, an easily explainable pattern. When it, when it comes to aliens, uh, there's some things I just can't tell you. 